الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن عدة الشهور عند الله اثنى عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والأرض منها أربعة حرم ذلك الدين القيم فلا تغلموا فيهن أنفسكم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المهاجر من هجر ما نهى الله عنه أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected brothers, sisters First and foremost just a very humble request in the light of the hadith of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم Nabi says that complete the rows and the suffs first, the first row, then the next. Very humble request in fulfilling this. Let us come forward. Let us fill in the rows, inshallah. Allah Ta'ala give us the best reward, inshallah. Jazakumullah. Jazakumullah khair. Mashallah. This is the first month of the Islamic calendar. We have already commenced the month of Muharram. And in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions that the number of months in the year from the time Allah Ta'ala created this universe are 12 months. 12 months in the year. Minha Arba'atun Hurum, and out of these 12 months, 4 months are sacred. Allah Ta'ala has given something sanctity. Obviously, this is something that we need to respect very greatly. And respect is a very, very great part of deen. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ Those who respect the symbols of deen, the symbols of deen, those things that are directly related to deen, can be the worst atheist, but he knows this is something that is an aspect of Islam. For example, the masjid. Masjid is among the sha'ir of Allah Ta'ala, among the symbols of deen. Therefore, there is so much of respect to be accorded to the masjid. Or the day of Jumu'ah for that matter. It's a symbol of deen. Anybody knows the day of Jumu'ah, is a sacred day, is a very great day of the believers. And likewise, the month of Ramadan, the Quran Sharif. So these are all the symbols of deen. Likewise, those things that Allah Ta'ala has accorded special virtue to. So it does not behove of a Muslim to be passing by these special occasions without even knowing what it's all about and trying to take some of the benefit that Allah Ta'ala has placed in it. This is a mu'min, this is a believer, that his entire focus is on what will take him closer to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher. We are totally dependent on him every single moment of our existence. We cannot survive for a millisecond without his help, without his grace and mercy. So every moment we are dependent on him, every moment we are existing by His mercy and grace, 
and eventually we have to present ourselves to him on the day of Qiyamah, then everything else will be behind us. Nobody else will be alongside us, and nothing that we amassed in dunya would be there with us. The only thing is our iman and our actions that will be of any help to us on that day. So when we are totally dependent on the grace of Allah Ta'ala in everything in our existence, so therefore we should be all the time concerned what is going to take us closer to Him and what is going to earn us His mercy and grace here in dunya and especially on the day of Qiyamah. So among those things is that what Allah Ta'ala has accorded some virtue to, Allah Ta'ala has accorded some significance to, we should be taking note of it and taking the benefit of it so among the things Allah Ta'ala has accorded virtue to in the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Minha arba'atun hurum, there are four months which Allah Ta'ala has made sacred. Among the four months is this month of Muharram. Zul Qada, Zul Hijjah, Muharram, and the month of Rajab. The month of Ramadan has its own special place. Apart from that, these are the four sacred months. So there isn't time to go too much into the detail of these sacred months. But the fact that Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Qur'an Sharif, that itself is enough for us. Then to just briefly understand in the hadith, Rasulullah Sallallahu says, that the month of Allah, which is the month of Muharram, Shahrullah al-Muharram, now the special attribution, that the month of Muharram is the month of Allah Ta'ala, that already is another very great virtue itself, this attribution. In this, Nabi Islam gives the virtue that a person fasts in this month, one fast equivalent to one month's fast. Like a person went to work one day, the boss tells him, today you take, you came to work one, month, one day, but you take one month's wages and carry on. Nobody will do that for us, but. But this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying, one day's fast equivalent to one month's fast. So that is a great virtue. Then comes in this Mubarak month of Muharram, the day of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram, which is well known to us. Every year we are reminded of the virtue of this great day. And this is a revision of the same reminder. So this month of Muharram has this great virtue, this great day of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram. Among the virtues of this day, Nabi Islam says that a person fasts on this day, يُكَفِّرُ السَّنَةَ الْمَاضِيَةَ it is a compensation for the sins of the entire year that has passed, the minor sins. The major sins, one must make sincere tawbah, repent and seek Allah's forgiveness. Which includes that firm resolution to give up that sin, totally the remorse and regret over having committed it. And if it pertains to the rights of people, to fulfill the rights of people, so in any case, this becomes a compensation for all the minor sins of the past year. Very often we hear the word minor sin. So minor sin, the word minor makes it feel like it's nothing too serious. But the difference between a major sin and a minor sin is only this much of a difference. A major sin is like a huge inferno, or some explosion. And a minor sin might be something like a burning coal burning ember. So nobody says, well, this is a small little ember burning. So this is fine, this I can hold, this I can put in my pocket. Yes, that explosion is dangerous. No sane person touches that ember also. Because he knows what, what that will do for, to him. 
that explosion will kill him in a moment. This ember will also burn him eventually. He'll be reduced to ashes with this also. So this is an opportunity Allah Ta'ala gives us to clear out all these things from our records. And very often, these are the things that become blockages. They block many of the good things that were coming from the side of Allah Ta'ala. In the hadith it is mentioned that inna rajul la yuhramu rizqa bi dhammi yusibuhu aw kama qala nabiyyu sallallahu alayhi wasallam that often a person is deprived of rizq and sustenance meaning it was coming for him but it got withheld because of a sin he committed some sin became the barrier it blocked that good that was descending for him so many good things that peace that happiness in life that contentment that serenity something that would take away the turmoil from a person's life. Dunya is a place of challenge. Nobody is without challenge. But despite challenges, that the person won't be in a turmoil. He'll still be content. He might be in pain, but his heart will be at peace. So to take the turmoil out, and to bring this contentment in, now sometimes that contentment is blocked by sin. That peace in life is blocked by sin. When a person clears these blockages out, that risk also comes, that contentment descends, that peace comes in his life, despite the challenges of dunya. And he feels the help of Allah Ta'ala with him. So this is an occasion, an opportunity Allah Ta'ala is giving us, that we clear out the blockages by this one fast on the 10th of Muharram. But then together with that, there's a very big lesson on this occasion. When Rasulullah came to Medina Munawwara, so he was already fasting on the 10th of Muharram, he had given the Sahaba the virtue of fasting, they were fasting. But then the Sahaba noticed something and they came to Rasulullah to bring it to his attention. That the Jews are also fasting on this day. So Rasulullah called them and asked them, that, why do you fast? They said, well, Musa wasalam, and the Bani Israel, Allah Ta'ala saved them from the clutches of Fir'aun and destroyed their enemies, destroyed Fir'aun and his army. It all happened on the 10th of Muharram. They crossed the river and they were saved and the enemies were destroyed and drowned. Out of thanksgiving to Allah Ta'ala, we fast on this day. So Nabi Islam said, we are more worthy and closer to Musa than you, we will fast. We are fasting. But then he said to the Sahaba that, look, they are fasting on the 10th as well. You fast on the 9th and 10th or the 10th and 11th. Sumu Ashura wa khaliful Yahud. Sumu yawman qablahu or yawman ba'da. That you fast on the day of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram, which falls on the next week, Thursday. So it's a great virtue for us. Nabi Islam said fast on the 9th as well or the 11th. Now why? The first question is why did the Sahaba even come to bring it up? And then why did Nabi Wasallam give this directive? This directive is already coupled with the very lesson in this same hadith, Sumu Ashura, you go on keeping the fast of Ashura, you have been keeping it before already. You haven't been keeping this fast because of the Jews, in emulation of the Jews. You have been keeping it due to the virtue that has been mentioned already. So you go ahead, but break this outer resemblance as well. Don't maintain this outer resemblance also. A mu'min 
A mu'min is somebody who has his unique identity. His identity of Islam, of deen, in everything. And you can identify a Muslim among a million. Many a times a person goes overseas somewhere, he goes to some place where there is hardly any Muslim. And then he talks about it, he says, I was gone to some place and from a distance I noticed somebody, I said, that's a Muslim. I, he says, like brought life into me. Now they were totally place deserted of Muslims, somebody else was traveling also, but the person was identifiable as a Muslim. Another Muslim saw him from a distance who doesn't know him from anywhere. But merely seeing his Muslim brother, identifying him as his Muslim brother brought life to him. That's a Muslim, you can meet, make him out in a million. And then everything about him is unique. He doesn't have any resemblance to anybody else. Nabi Islam is teaching this lesson on the the lesson of Ashura. Sumu Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud. You fast the day of Ashura but oppose the Jews. One is opposing them verbally. But here Nabi Islam is teaching us action. That a mu'min, his life is all about action. And everything about his life is according to the way of Rasulullah So you follow the way of Rasulullah Nabi Islam is telling the Sahaba. You oppose the Jews, you fast one additional day. You've broken this outer resemblance as well. Now this is a very, very deep lesson. And a believer, he maintains his identity of Islam. In his actions, in his appearance, in the way he goes about his day-to-day life. Whether it's a wedding or whether it's a funeral. He has no resemblance to the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. His resemblance is to Rasulullah whether in how he earns his living or whether he, how he lives within the four walls of his home. His concern is how he maintains the identity of Islam. So in any case, this is also a very great lesson to refresh on this occasion. To maintain and uphold the identity of Islam and to emulate Rasulullah in all aspects of our life. Then the very big lesson we remind ourselves of when the month of Muharram comes, the month of Muharram, it's the new year. The new year for Muslim. This is his new year. MashaAllah, the new year came. But we didn't hear any big drama about it. Unlike the new year about when January comes. So now there's a big drama about it. That drama is what? Well, that's somebody else's culture. That's not ours. But that culture of theirs is that this is the, the significance of it in whatever they trace it back to, the God of gates, Nauzubillah. So that's shirk, that's a false deity obviously, of whoever, and that's the inception. Whether people over time even forgot about it, but that's the inception. That this is the date of the God of gates. So now they celebrate it. How they celebrate it? that they first take leave of their intelligence. You hear about that time of the year coming, which is not far off from us. It's called the silly season. person called silly, he takes offense. But now this becomes a silly season. Everybody becomes silly. Illa mashallah. So to celebrate, first a person has to take leave of his intelligence. He must put his mind somewhere else. And then he must behave like how humans don't behave. Now that's the celebration of the new year. But a mu'min... His new year came, he's already talking about the virtues of the month of Muharram and this is a sacred month and then come the 10th of Muharram, it's Ashura and then the great blessings and virtues 
This is a mu'min's new year. Sanctity, getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, remembering Allah Ta'ala even more, staying further away from sin. This is a mu'min. Come the culture of others and their new year, he's got nothing to do with it. He's far away from all these things. Now this new year, we, the new year, what new year is this? It's part of the Hijra calendar. 1430 years since the Hijra. Hijra is the migration of Rasulullah sallallahu from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara. Now this calendar, the inception of this calculation of the Hijra calendar, this commenced in the time of Sayyidina Umar Prior to that, the calculation used to happen as per the date of Nubuwad, the year of Nubuwad. Some incident happened, the Sahaba would calculate that this happened one year after Nubuwad, after Rasulullah was granted Nubuwad and was appointed as the messenger of Allah Ta'ala. Oh, this happened 10 years before Nubuwad. But there was a need for a specific calendar. So now the Sahaba got together, Hazrat Umar consulted them. Somebody gave some view that this should be the starting date, somebody something else. But finally, there was consensus that the Hijrah, the migration of Rasulullah that is the thing that should be set as the first year of the Islamic calendar. That the year when he migrated from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara. Why was this chosen as that year of the first year of the Islamic calendar? This is the turning point for Islam to spread throughout the world. In Makkah Mukarramah, the Muslims were being persecuted, they were downtrodden. After the Hijrah, everything turned around. And then the Hijrah, everything about this migration of Rasulullah and the Sahaba, this Hijrah was about giving everything for Allah Ta'ala. They gave up everything for Allah Ta'ala. Somebody had amassed his life investment, he had his, what we may term in our terminology, his retirement nest, and somebody had his whole, whatever he had earned for his whole life, and somebody had his family, but the command came, now everybody who is able to do so, must, every believer must make this hijrah, and migrate to Medina Munawara. So any person who could do it, who was not very ill, was not very old, and unable to undertake this journey, it was more than approximately 12 to 15 days journey, on camelback, in the desert, the harsh weather, any person who was able to do it, it was compulsory, it was fard, it wasn't an option. And they said labbaik to it. Person is saying, what we will say, he's saying alwida, he's saying goodbye to all the things behind him. His house, his business, his properties, his investments, and then some had to leave their families behind. They had to leave the near dear ones behind. But whatever it was, on the call of Allah Ta'ala they went. Now this is that reminder. Every year Muharram comes is a reminder that Islam spread with this sacrifice. Iman came to us when those who were given this command, they responded without any hesitation that I am ready to give my everything for Allah Ta'ala. Keeping nothing back for myself. Whatever Allah Ta'ala wants from me is ready. Now that hijrah was over and when Makkah Mukarramah was conquered, then that compulsory hijrah was over. La hijrata ba'd al-yawm. Nabi Islam said, one person came and said, I want to migrate. 
He came after Makkah Mukarramah was conquered. Nabi Sallallahu migration is over now. Meaning the compulsory migration. But in another hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, But there's a migration till Qiyamah. The true muhajir is the one who forsakes whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. He, every day of his life, is making hijrat. And he'll be raised among the muhajireen. Those personalities who Allah Ta'ala has given such high status in the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ The foreigners among the muhajireen and the ansar. First the muhajireen. And those who follow in their footsteps, radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an. Allah Ta'ala endorses them. Allah is pleased with them, they are pleased with Allah Ta'ala. So the person who is making hijrat every day of his life from sin, from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, he is also a muhajir and he is the true muhajir. This is what we have to reflect on. That this month of Muharram comes, it's reminding us, and every day we are being reminded, because every day a person should be conscious of the Islamic dates. That today this is the date, it's the 5th of Muharram after Hijri, 1430 years after Hijra. What is the Hijra all about? Every day of the year he's reminding himself of the Hijra. And every day of the year he's reminding himself, I too must be a Muhajir. What kind of Muhajir? The Muhajir is the one who forsakes what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. So he's a Muhajir every day of his life. So this is what this month, month of Muharram is all about and this reminder that we get every year and every day of the Islamic calendar. Then very briefly in the last few minutes that are left, there are certain misconceptions that are associated with this 10th of Muharram. As far as the virtue of 10th of Muharram is concerned, we already discussed it. Rasulullah he himself explained the virtue of the 10th of Muharram. It's a day of Ashura. Allah Ta'ala forgives the sins of the past year for the one who fasts on this day. He himself was fasting. So that is where the virtue comes from. Then in the hadith it's mentioned, Man ala ashura, Allahu kullaha. The one who will be generous upon his family on the day of Ashura, Allah Ta'ala will shower the generosity upon him throughout the year. So these are the virtues that Rasulullah gave. After Rasulullah left this dunya, and almost five decades later, his beloved grandson Sayyidina Hussein who was martyred, which was a very gruesome martyrdom, and something that a person who reads, if his heart is not shaken, then something he needs to check his iman. But the virtue of this day is from the time of Rasulullah It is his, among the accolades in his favor, was that he met Allah on this virtuous day. And he gained, number one, shahadat and martyrdom, and then martyrdom, on the day of Ashura. Like a person, he becomes shaheed and on a day of Jumu'ah. And that too is the month of Ramadan. Now that adds to his shahadat. So this too added to the shahadat of Sayyidina Hussain. But at the same time, while this is a very, very heart-rending incident in the annals of Islamic history, but there have been other martyrdoms as well, that's a question also to ask ourselves, and how come we are not familiar with the other martyrdoms? as much as we are familiar with this. Yes, this is indeed a, 
Any Muslim, any believer reads about this, hears about the details and he doesn't shake his heart, something needs to be checked. In the month of Muharram, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, that personality regarding whom Rasulullah said, Laukana ba'di nabiyan, lakana Umar. Had there been a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar. But the doors of Nubuwat are closed. No Nabi after me. La Nabiya Ba'di. That personality regarding whom Rasulullah said, that Umar, when you walk one side of the road, shaitan flees from the other side. And there are so many other virtues mentioned in the books of Hadith, in Bukhari Sharif, Muslim Sharif, etc. There's no time to get into it. He was performing the Fajr Salah at the time when he was a Khalifa. And in the Fajr Salah, while busy on the Musalla of Rasulullah performing the Fajr Salah, Abu Lu'lu Majusi, a fire worshipper, he had disguised himself, covered himself, and just made it. Now in the darkness, nobody knows who's who. He came and stood in the saf and in the row of the Musallis. And while Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab is leading the Fajr Salah, he runs out of the saf, and he comes and he attacks him. And he stabs him six times. And then flees. But while he's fleeing, people who saw it, they somehow try to restrain him, but he commits suicide. He kills himself. But Umar ibn Khattab because of that attack, six times stabbed with a dagger, he falls onto the ground while the salah is being performed. As Abdurrahman ibn Awf rushes forward from the, behind him and he completes the salah, and as Umar is carried back home, somebody brings some milk to give him to drink, but that milk, he drinks it and it oozes out of that wound. And people realize he's not going to survive this. It's a lengthy incident, there's no time to go into it. And eventually he becomes shaheed out of this incident, the day of his martyrdom, the day he met Allah Ta'ala, the first of Muharram. Barely a few days ago was that anniversary of that incident. But perhaps we might have known about it or not, Allah Alam. What a it is mentioned that that shook the Muslims to such an extent, it was as if they had never seen a tragedy like this before. Now this happened also, this was a martyrdom. Usman ibn Affan, there's so many virtues of his, there's no time to go into the details, where when his house was besieged by the enemies, and he came up onto the roof of his house, and he addressed them and said, don't you know, that Rasulullah had once said, when he came to Medina Manowara and there was no sweet water, and he said, who will buy the, wealth, the, the well of this Yahudi who is selling it at a very huge price and make the water available to every Muslim? He won't have any special privileges over it. And for him, is Jannah. Do you know I bought it with my wealth and made it free for all the Muslims? They said, yes, we know about it. And like this, he mentioned so many of the things when Nabi Salaam gave him the glad tidings of Jannah. But yet, the day came when they finally broke into his home and he was busy reciting the Qur'an Sharif. The pages of the Qur'an Sharif upon which the blood of Hazrat Usman al spilt is still preserved to this day. And they attacked him while he was reciting the Qur'an Sharif. His blood spilt on the words of Allah that are written in the Qur'an Sharif. And in this way he met his end and met Allah. Now that was a martyrdom as well. It happened on the 18th of Zul Hijjah less than a month ago, meaning in terms of the date. But we didn't hear about it. The 70 Sahaba that were martyred at Bire Mauna, 
Nabi Salaam was so moved that for one month in the Fajr Salah, he invoked the curse of Allah Ta'ala on those who were responsible for wailing the Sahaba and martyring them. The tribes of Ri'al and Zakwan and Usayya, etc. But we haven't heard about this. So what the lesson in all this is that these martyrdoms all have happened and all are very heart-rending. But Islam teaches us to take the lesson from the martyrs. Observing those martyrdoms as a specific day in the year, this is not something established anywhere from Quran and Sunnah or from the lives of the Sahaba. It's got anything to do with Islam. What Islam teaches us is to take the lesson from the, lives, from, the, from the martyrdom of the martyrs. What was the lesson? They were prepared to sacrifice even their lives for Allah Ta'ala. Are we prepared to sacrifice our haram desires for Allah Ta'ala? Are we prepared to sacrifice our sleep at the time of Fajr? Are we prepared to sacrifice our sports at the time of Zohar, Maghrib, Isha, whatever? Are we prepared to sacrifice the ways of the Yehud and Nasara and take in its place the ways of Rasulullah Are we prepared to sacrifice those things that become a barrier between us and gaining the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala? That is that muhajir we have to become. Al-muhajiru man an. The true muhajir is the one who forsakes that which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. That is the hijrah that we have to make daily. This hijrah calendar reminds us of that hijrah every day. And that is what we have to aspire for. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi wa ta'ala.